Hello, and welcome to the family at World Harvest Outreach. Uh, just a couple of things I'm thinking about today. <clears throat> I don't know if you know this or not, but happy birthday. We're 26 years old today. Happy birthday. So this church first gathered. Dawn, what, 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 she's not in here. I think it was July 12th, 1997. I think it was three days before Maddie was born. I could be wrong on that. Dawn can correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure that was it. So that's how you know how old we are. Just look at her. <clears throat> I, yeah, either Dawn just gave birth or was about to give birth. I really need to. She was heavily pregnant. <clears throat> Don't use the word heavily. I have learned one thing as a husband <clears throat> in 30 years. Beautifully. Who said that? That's a counselor right there. Beautifully pregnant. That was well-chosen words. Yeah. So happy birthday. And I was thinking about that. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. But I also thought about the fact that like almost half my life I think I was 28 years old when we started this. It's pretty amazing. So thankful, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your contribution. I know it's summer and a lot of people are out and doing what they do. And over the 26 years, people have come and people have gone. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think 26 years of perspective has allowed me to see, no matter what the reasons were by why people came and why people left, at the end of the day, if you have a perspective from the heavens, you realize that people come and people go, and the Lord's involved in it all. And so that's the perspective I'm having. <clears throat> and I bless every single one that was at one time a part of this, because really, from the perspective of Jesus, it's all the church. I think we have this little microcosm perspective of church where this church on Wayne Avenue and then that church is literally two doors down or two streets over. But from heaven's perspective, it's all his. So very thankful that we get to be part of this big thing called the kingdom of God. And let's keep that perspective. Amen? Amen. So, yeah. Glad you're getting better. And uh, Gary and Robin, Wow. Can we just say thank you, Jesus? <clears throat> Would you guys just, did you guys get feedback yet? Have you heard from people? Tell us, can you guys just give us a quick update since Friday, what you've heard or experienced? We don't know exactly how many people have, have viewed it yet or anything, but this past Friday we did a uh, podcast and Can you just give a quick, for those that don't, that don't know what you're talking about? Was a producer 
that was there that day, a couple days ago, he sent me an email and he said, I need a prayer request. And he said, would you pray for me? He said, because I know you guys are really into prayer. And that really touched our heart because we were able to pray for him because he had some surgery that he had to go through. And then a day or two later afterwards, he emailed me back and he just said, I want to thank you so much for the prayers. It's, it meant a lot. Everything went well. I'm doing real well. He said, I had a lot of, of peace during the procedure, but it's just been a, it's been a very neat experience. Do I ever want to do it again? Absolutely not. I never, ever, ever want to do it again, but it was great. Yeah, it really was. Oh, okay. I, I just have to say, um, the, main, the main thing that we want to get across to people in this crazy, this world is crazy, in my opinion. Um, yeah. People need hope. And our hope is Jesus Christ. And that, no matter what things look like, no matter what situations you're going through, he's always big enough. He's big enough. He knows about it. He cares about it. And he is our reason for living, in my opinion. And he is, he gives us the hope that nothing else or nobody else can. He is there every minute of every day at the mention of his name. He, he is just amazing. And it doesn't matter what anybody says or what anybody tells you, he is so faithful, so faithful. And he is my absolute best friend. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I know that he touched me because if he didn't, I would not be here today. And I even have surgeons and nurses saying I should not be here. But I am because God decided otherwise. And thank God he has the last say in every situation. And we are very fortunate that he does. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> Amen. Six hours for six minutes. Imagine what, like, actors, three changes of clothes. Were you sweating that much? <laughs> Incredible. You know, just listening to Robin talk, each time she shares, even just a little bit, like, it's almost like the Lord knew that when he was done healing her, that's how she was going to be. And I think Robin's going to do that for the rest of her life. She is going to give the person of God and it's, see, here's the difference for me. When I hear Robin talk, I don't hear her talk about a gift of healing nearly as much as I hear her talk about the Lord himself, the giver of that healing. And that is, I think God's like, I know what she's going to do after I heal her. She's going to continually give me glory. So that's beautiful. Robin, I honor you for that, and I honor Jesus for what he's doing and continuing to do. And may many people experience increases of faith because of you and the Lord and what he did in you. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, <clears throat> Robin, after we're done here, uh, Gary and Robin are going to meet me at uh, Laurel Lakes, and we're going to pray over the morning. Excellent. Yeah, I asked him, thank you guys. I asked him if they would do that. Yep. And how? He's making slow progress. Yeah. But he's making progress. Lamar's making progress. So we're Gary and Robin and Kendall are going to go after this over there to pray for Lamar. Please keep praying for Lamar. Yeah. Okay? It'd be great if his, his left eye would open. open. That would be so encouraging for his parents. Okay. Uh, 
Helen said, did you see that? His eye opened a little bit. So, yeah, there's, yep. there's always hope. Mustard seed of faith. Amen. Amen. So this is what I'd like to do today. First Timothy chapter 2. Didn't give you any verses, but this is the only set of verses. I haven't seen you since the wedding. You still married? Yeah? <laughs> Dylan, we good? I, I'm just checking. Any marriage counseling needed? Not yet? Okay. Because we got a lot of people in here that love to give opinions about stuff. Okay. First Peter chapter two, verse one. Sorry, sorry. First Timothy. Sorry. Look at one person paying attention. Thank you, Kathy. Or whoever said that. First Timothy chapter two. First of all, I know that caught my attention. Peter's writing to Timothy. This is the guy that's going to actually kind of take over for Paul as Paul's getting ready to depart. Okay. And when I hear, like, I would say the father of the modern church say, first of all, I become attentive. <clears throat> and what he's doing is he's kind of giving Timothy some direction as to how to take the activity of the church forward. And he says, first of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. So whether or not it's first of all, as far as what's primarily important to Paul when it comes to the activity of the church, or if it's first of all, this is just the first thing I want to share because there are other things he shares there. I'm going to kind of take it as the first one. Like I feel like oftentimes a mom or a dad, when he's talking or she's talking to children, the first thing that they share with the kids is usually like the one that they want them to remember the most, unless it's the last one. Now, parents, if there's ever a good clue for you when you're talking to your kids, if you really want them to remember something, oftentimes say it last. Hello? Or say the first thing again at the end. Something I wish I would have learned earlier on. Like we're talking, we're kind of like hanging out with Tiago a lot last week. And if you ask him a question like an either-or question, whatever you say second is always the answer. And it's really not that far removed from us. Like oftentimes we'll remember the last thing versus the first thing. But I still think that this is the primary thing Paul wants to get across as far as the activity and the ongoing progress of the church is that we make entreaties. Anybody know what an entreaty is? Like a request. But like an entreaty means like it's like an important enough that oftentimes entreaties were written down. When was the last time you wrote down a request? Like it was important enough that you wrote it down and you offered it to the person you were requesting it from. Honey do list. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. First of all, I, I urge entreaties, prayers, petitions, and then thanksgivings. So there's these three things that I think all kind of relate around prayer. Entreaties, prayers, obviously, and petitions. And then there's this thanksgivings thing. Be made on behalf of... 
Everybody say all men. That's not a male thing, by the way. That's all people, right? Okay, all people. I feel like this is a super important thing for us to focus on. Verse 2. First, he says, prayers, petitions, thanksgivings on behalf, or sorry, entreaties, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men and then for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. So I want to make a couple comments, and then I actually want to do verse 1. That's what I want to do today. But I want to make a couple comments. Go back up to verse 2. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to make entreaties, prayers, petitions and thanksgivings for all men and for those who are in authority. Can you just shout out for me really quick those, like, give me people or titles of people that are in authority in modern day. President. Governor. Boss. CEO. Like FDA agencies. Education. So teachers, principals, administrators, government in general. Who else? Who else is in authority? Sorry? Ambassadors? Did you let's just pause? Did you hear that? Parents. I don't care how old you are or how young you are, you should be regularly entreating, praying, petitioning, and thanking. Your parents. Yeah. You do that when the kids come back in? Yeah, well, I'll tell them. I'll tell them that. Yeah, I'm sure your five kids will listen too. Yeah. Hold your breath. Okay? For all who are in authority, now this is the thing I want to talk about. So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. I don't think we often connect those two things together, but I just want to pause a moment while we're all together and think that is it possible? That the lack of tranquility or the lack of quietness or even the lack of godliness and dignity could be related back to a lack of entreaties, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings. Paul connects these two things together, and I think it's for a reason. I think they're connected because one produces the other. Something takes place in our lives when we purposely and intentionally pray not just for those in authority because don't forget in verse 1 it says for how many people okay so when Jesus first talks about love the very first time he talks about love who does he tell us to love very first time he ever tells us to love in the Bible love your enemies like, Jesus, come on, can you start off with a softball? Why do you have to start off with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball? Right down the pike. The very first person we're to pray for is the person that does not like you, who speaks evil of you, who constantly gives you a hard time. That would be a great person to start out your prayer list with. The person that gives you a rough time. Or, I mean, let's just be honest. Maybe the person that you're like, if I never saw that person again, I would be just fine. Oh, 
rubber hitting road right now. Hot asphalt pavement hitting. <laughs> Prayers, sorry, entreaties. Prayers, petitions, thanksgivings. Is it possible that you can be thankful for the person that gives you a really hard time? Your worst critic. I can tell you, as I look back over my life, some of my critics have brought out the best in me. Some of the people that have been hard on me, some of the people that have constantly fault-finded with me ended up like being a really good mirror for me that I needed. Anyone else? Am I the only person? Now in the time, at the moment it's happening, I don't want to hear this. In fact, you probably spent the next 15 minutes defending yourself, whether it was internally or verbally. But when you sit back by yourself, lay your head down or sit back quietly and thoughtfully, you're realizing they weren't completely wrong. How many people had those humble moments in your life where you realized they weren't completely wrong? Oh, I hate those moments. But they're good. And you can find a moment to be thankful even for that person. Okay? Here's the result. The result is a tranquil and quiet life. Now, I want to say one more thing about tranquil and quiet living. It doesn't mean you don't do anything. Tranquil and quiet living simply means that there is peace, and from that place of peace and tranquility and contentment and all the other words that you could use as synonyms for that, you live. It is very difficult to launch out and extend the kingdom of God or to do what God put on your heart to do or establish and finish what he started in you if it's chaos at the deepest levels of who you are. Anyone else? Can you agree with that? When things are all stirred up, when it's a mess, when there's no peace, where there's conflict, where there's indecision, where there's lack of trust, where there's fear instead of love, like the verse Jocelyn had us share earlier, it's very hard to launch out when you're pushing on wet sand. Hello? Yeah. So maybe if we spend some time, let's go back up to verse 1. If we spend some time praying, asking the Lord. Like, so if we talk about authorities, people who are in government or people who are bosses or our parents who we might not agree with, whatever it might be, if we take our disagreement, let's say, with people in authority before the Lord. Look, Lord, this is what I don't like, or this is what I don't understand about how they think or how they're acting or whatever else. Because you can either complain about it or you can ask the Lord to intervene about it. I don't think it's, I don't think you can do both at the same time. If you just complain about it and grumble about it, well, I think we're a little bit like the Israelites who have to march around the mountain one more year before the Lord's like, hey, how about you ask me about it, entreat me about it, petition me about it, instead of just grumble about it. I believe, and it's not so much that things might never change with the person you're talking about, but where does it change? If you consistent, has anybody ever consistently prayed for someone you don't agree with or don't like, and it changed how you felt about them? Just raise your hand if it's happened to you before. It can happen. There's testimonies in this room right now of continual, effectual prayer that changes. 
helped. I, I can even tell you personally, in my life, I remember praying for people I didn't like or didn't agree with. And at first, I was just like, they're changing. Anybody ever think that? Look at that. They're changing. I can pray. The realization hit me that they weren't changing. I was changing. It is amazing how much you see change and you think it's out there, but the reality is it's happening here. I have watched it with, like, look, like I said, been a pastor here for 26 years. And it's amazing how many times I've looked at people or I've looked at situations in the church and I've thought how much people changed. And but when I like they were so happy or they were so involved or they were so faithful and then something changed in them. You know? That just happens a lot, not just in church, but it happens even at work or in life or whatever. But the reality is maybe some of the reasons why people changed was because something changed with me. And I believe what Paul is getting at is if we consistently offer entreaties, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings, I think we see accurately the world around us. When we are not in a heart posture of consistent prayer, I don't believe we see those in authority and the world around us accurately. I think we see what's around us from our perspective, from our offense, from our frustration, from our justifications, from our excuses. I know I'm talking to you. But when we entreat the Lord, when we pray, it's like a clear eyes, like it clears them. It's like the fog goes away and you begin to see accurately what's going on. And oftentimes, I believe this with all of my heart, when we are in a consistent posture of those four words, I believe that the tranquility and quiet life is the result of us seeing clearly oftentimes our participation, our contribution to things that are right or wrong. How are we doing? Are we okay? All right. So that's what I'd like to do today. And there's this one other verse I just want to share, and I'm not even going to make her bring it up, but Remember Jesus when he ran in, or he didn't run in, but he walked into the, the temple. The temple, sorry. I keep wanting to say tabernacle, but it's temple. And he looks around and he sees all of these uh, tables of selling. And he sees merchants and he sees uh, trading going on. And he begins to throw, up, throw over tables and all this. How many people know the story I'm talking about, right? Do you guys remember what he says? Right. But what, okay, den of thieves, den of robbers. But what does he say the house is supposed to be? Say it again. A house of prayer. So when we gather together, Jesus tells us back before there even really is a church yet, he says this was supposed to be a house of prayer. Now I think most of the time when we gather together, there might be like a quick prayer at the beginning or a quick prayer at the end of the message, or maybe even someone really feels anointed and prays during worship. But the overall context, actually, he didn't call it a house of worship. He didn't call it a house of preaching or teaching. He said, this is actually supposed to be a house of prayer. So let's practice that today. Let's kind of honor the Father's heart, who I think was represented perfectly in Jesus. 
and pray. What do you, what do you say? Okay, I thought you were going to type because you're in front of your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. This is what I'd like to do. I'd like to have a microphone ready. Can we have one or two microphones ready? There's one somewhere, right? Yeah, right here. Yep. If you could have... Maybe just have that ready. And I want this to be together. Entreaties. Like you're asking the Lord. And I think we ought to do this publicly together. Something else that's... It might feel a little intrusive. I don't know. But... Put your own personal prayer request out. Like, I have an entreaty for the Lord, and you're asking us to involve ourselves in it. Maybe, can you just put that verse back up again, the entreaties? Yeah. A prayer or a petition. I don't know the big difference between entreaty and petition. I didn't do the geeky thing today and look up the two different words. But maybe there's a little bit of a difference. I kind of see the same thing. Also, just take the microphone and thank the Lord for something. There's incredible things happening personally and in our area, even in the earth. Thank the Lord for it publicly that we might join in with you. Made on behalf of all men and for kings and all those in authority. Can we do that together? Let's do that. So, Lord, I ask now that you would open our hearts. that we would be mindful of what we can ask you for as a collective, what we can pray for, who we can lift up. Who we can be thankful for or what we can be thankful for. Father, I ask that the heart of Jesus be manifest among us here. That this would be, this context, this gathering would be prayer. An entreaty to you. If you'd like us to join with you in a prayer or a petition, just put your hand up and we'll bring you a microphone. Thank you. Uh, Just a quick little backstory. Um, I think it was over a year ago, I, uh, I saw a statistic and it basically talked about how much of an influence a father has on the family going and being president in church every Sunday. Um, so in that research, I found out that there is like a 3%, um, it's like a 3% chance a child will consistently stay in church every Sunday if the father is not present. And I'm a part of that 3%. So I just want to speak and pray over that 3% to increase. I just pray over fathers being more present and being leaders in the household. 
and being consistent and coming to church or doing something on Sunday, once a week, whatever it is. God, I just pray over an increase of all of those numbers and percentages. But may they not be numbers and percentages because they're hearts and they're people. I speak to the fathers that feel like they don't have a home. May they find a home in you. May they find a dad in you. May they find so much love and peace. And to those kids that might feel lost or have questions or don't understand why their parents don't see what they see or their siblings don't see what they see, God, I just speak life. I speak positive thinking. I just speak an abundance of healthy relationships. And may you be at the front of it all. May you guide us. like to thank God for putting Kendall in my life. He has been a godsend to me since I came to Who, and he's gotten me through my mom passing away, and he's gotten me through the good times and the bad times. So God, I just want to thank you for Kendall and his relationship, and thank you for getting me through all my life with my blindness, Lord. And I'm gonna ask you, Lord, to give me sight, not just physical sight, but spiritual sight, Lord. And I just thank you for getting me through this with my mom and passing away and the people you put in my life, Lord, amen. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for your church and for your faithfulness, Lord. We, none of us would be here if it wasn't for your faithfulness when you said you will build your church. And Lord, we want to just repent collectively for the way we've mismanaged this amazing organism that you've given us. Lord, all the time, we look around and we could complain and, and have issues we all could. But Lord, we're thankful that in it all, as Robin testified, you have been, are, and will continue to be faithful, Lord, in the building of your church. And so we give you thanks and praise for that, Lord. We give you thanks for your presence among us, even now. And, and wherever there are pockets or large gatherings of believers, wherever, you said, if two or more are there, I'm there. If two or more gather, I'm there. And that's an amazing promise, Lord. I love that you said, too. I mean, we can have church at home. Mary and I frequently have church. We lay down at night to go to sleep and pray, and that's church. And the way you build and edify us, your body, 
through our union with you in prayer, Lord. And so we want to pray for your church, Lord, this morning. There's all kinds of issues and, you know, it's just all kinds of crazy stuff. And as Mark mentioned, you're, you're in the midst of it all. He said, I'll never leave. I'll never leave nor forsake you. Lord, thank you for the commitment on your part. So we pray for your church today, Lord. We pray for church leaders, not just pastors and preachers, but those that, you know, teach Sunday school, work with kids like Jocelyn, faithfully, you know, orchestrate worship, coordinate things behind the scene, administrators, Lord. We just pray for each one, Lord, to be strengthened and encouraged. We pray for those that have, that have gifts, special giftings. We pray for each one, Lord, that we would manage what you've given us with grace. And Lord, with, with, an, with an eye to learn, to be your disciple, to continue to learn, to continue to grow, Lord, we pray for those that are stuck. Lord, that they would get unstuck. We get stuck in ideologies and perspectives and opinions and stances. We take a stance. Lord, where it's not you, we trust your spirit to gently move us on, shift us. So yes, Lord, we pray for your church today. Give us wisdom. We ask for wisdom, Lord. We ask for wisdom and how to navigate these changing times, Lord. How to, how to adjust. Not to, not to react to the culture, but to actually hear your voice and heart and actually set the tone to influence the culture to bring about the increase of your kingdom that you intend and that you have empowered us by your spirit to participate in, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so we just love you. We put this before you, Lord. And we give thanksgiving to you. In your name, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Lord, we come to you this morning, and I thank you so much for this opportunity to just lift up together as a body. I return to you, Lord, your heart, that we can verbalize what's on your heart through the Spirit, Lord. I ask this morning we would come to you in spirit and in truth. We would declare your goodness. We would declare your life over the spiritually dead, that they would awaken, Lord, they'd have a Damascus Road experience that it wouldn't be good teaching or good preaching or a great church experience, Lord, that it would be you. It would be the realness of you. Lord, I ask this morning that we lay down agendas and opinions and the things that we don't even think of as agendas or opinions. Lord, we put all that aside and we just humbly ask, Lord, for you to show up, continue to turn these hearts as we each make mistakes and we screw up and we miss it, Lord. We would turn our hearts, our eyes, our focus, 
our works, everything that you made us to be, we would turn that to you in worship, whether it's work, whether it's actions, whether it's worship or prayer. Lord, I praise you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for so many small things that we take for granted every day. Hot water, clean water. I thank you for your air conditioning. <laughs> Lord, that the United States of America would once again be recognized as one nation under God. We speak liberty to those that are ensnared and in bondage that don't have a voice right now. Lord, we stand in the gap for them. We declare freedom over their lives. We just speak encouragement and life into their spirit that you would stand with them, Lord, that they would know they're not alone. Thank you and praise you for all this, Lord. Father, I just thank you that we have community here, that we have a church that we can go to, that we have family and friends just thank you that we are not living on the street, that we're, we have a decent bed to sleep in. I just thank you for blessing us so much. Father, I just ask that you give our pastors and leaders just wisdom and guidance on what to teach us, how the church should go, how things should be lifted up, and what should not be here in the church, or what should not be allowed or discussed in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Father, I also lift up our leaders of our nation, our president, our vice president, our governors, our leaders, I'm just asking as they make laws or decisions, I'm just asking that you give them wisdom and guidance. <clears throat> Father, I'm just asking that you will give them foresight, that they can see what the decisions that they are making and how they will affect later on, so they will not make bad decisions. I'm just asking that you lift them up and that they will not be led in a wrong direction. Father, I'm also asking that you give our teachers and our principals and everyone who is training our kids, I'm just asking that they will be training them in a good way, not be training them in ways that they shouldn't be going or 
shouldn't be teaching them things. I'm just asking that you give them wisdom and guidance as well, in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you and praise you for these things, in Jesus' name, amen. Lloyd and Carolyn are going to be um, hosting a neighborhood picnic. We've been doing it. This is going to be our third year. Um, there's going to be probably about 60 people showing up in our side yard. And so I would just like you guys to partner with us and just pray with us. So, God, I thank you that you have placed Ishmael and I in this neighborhood for a reason. And I pray that every person that comes into our yard would feel the love of the Lord. I pray that people who are hurting and lonely would just sense your peace and your presence, God. I just pray that we would be light and life to everyone, that we would just, that people would feel your presence. They might not even be able to put yes, words Lord. to it, but I just pray that, like, the atmosphere of our community would would just change because of our hearts. And, and I just pray that um, even now, God, like, even people who didn't RSVP or, or whatever, like anyone who's invited God, who's just having a really bad day, Anyone who's invited, who just feels like there's not a way out, anyone who just needs community, I pray that you would speak to them right now, and God, would you just like bring them in? However you do it, I don't know. Would you give them um, just a word of encouragement to their spirits to just know that this is a place, a safe place, where they will be loved and accepted? And God, I just pray that your overwhelming presence would be there. Yes, we're going to have fun and we're going to eat good food, but God, would it be more than that? Would they just, would our neighbors just know that we're a safe place and, and even going forward um, that they can come to us and that we would, you know, be able to pray for them. And, and God, I just actually repent to you right now that I haven't looked at this until right now. I haven't even looked at it as an opportunity to like, be light in life. It's just like, oh, it's fun and people are coming, but God, would you forgive me for seeing things lightly when maybe there's there's something more, maybe there's um, just a reason that you've put this into my heart. So God, I just, I pray that above all, um, that people would just feel safe and welcome at our house. Um, I want to share, um, I work in mental health and, um, Karis and I work together and 
I have been there for five years at my office and Karis has been there for a couple months and the increase of people crying out for help is beyond uh, manageable, um, it seems. And we have children and young adults and elderly and families and single parents and um, people who are genuinely struggling and they are clawing their way into our doors to come in just for someone to talk to. And um, there are a handful of mental health clinics in our area and everyone, just about everyone that I know of has a wait list of anywhere from six months to three years to get in to see somebody just to talk to. And the stories that, you know, Karis and I can share of those who were able to finally call and say, we have an opening come, like, is as if they have been given food for the first time, sometimes. And a lot of uh, people who have chosen mental health as a career path are leaving the field because it's too much or they're retiring because they've worked in this industry for 20, 30 plus years. And we had, um, we had someone um, a, a little bit ago who was a kid call us because she wanted to run away, but she knew that she could call us and wanted to talk with us because if she didn't, she said, if I can't talk to you guys, I'm gonna run away. And the word that I just kept think, hearing over and over is provision. And I, I have this picture of families who don't know what it's like to be family. And I just have this picture of a family, a broken family sitting at a table and eating for dinner. And I, I, I'm speaking to the supernatural involvement of the Lord in heaven that, yes, we need more mental health workers. Yes, we need more youth groups and we need more and more of this, but I know that the Lord can make something out of nothing or what seems like nothing. And I have this picture of a struggling family and all of a sudden they're, they're, they're arguing and all of a sudden just something clicks and they just, it's the Lord. Whether it is a diagnosis of mental health or whether it's, you know, we have, we have people wanting marriage counseling because they don't know how to go any further. We have, uh, we offer family-based services is where we have two therapists that go into the home that they focus on the kiddo as the client, but they, they work with the family as a whole and teach the family and counsel the family and involve themselves with the family. and. I see the Lord doing this over and over and over. And it's, it's so overwhelming. You, our phone calls, you know, we're not even the therapist and we're on the phone 20 plus minutes with someone who's just so thankful that we answered the phone.
are parents who don't know how to be parents, who don't have the answers. There are kids who don't know how to be kids because they've been forced to be the parent. And I just, Lord, provision because you are provision. You provide in ways when we don't even think we are in need. But Father, there are families and children who are running away. And there are marriages ending. And there are sibling rivalries. And there are people who don't know, who just don't know. And there is this spiritual sickness that I feel so strongly that is trying to take life and joy and we can't keep up with it it seems people in this room that have been on their own mental health journey or they have been on their own healing journey but what that looks like and those that are grieving and those who are on the other end of it I'm on the other end of it of my own healing of family trauma and abandonment and And I know, Father, that you use us who have, who have been healed to go and be with those that are still trying to figure out how to heal. And if we hurt, I can only imagine how much you hurt too, Lord, because I know this is not what you had in mind. brokenness and someone who's walking through something that we we can't possibly imagine understand and all they want is just a kind eye a kind word just knowing that you see them Jesus, help us walk in being the restorer of hope for people and each other. For your glory and for their awakening, for their restoration of hope. They're so tired, Lord. People are so tired. 
and the wrong provision is being made available. The wrong provision is being available and advertised. That is evil. Trying to take someone's eyes off the Lord, that's evil. Trying to tell someone that they don't belong, that's evil. Telling someone they're a bad parent, that's evil. I don't have all the answers, but I know how to hope. I know how to see you. I know how to smile at you. about the brokenness. We hear more about the forgotten and the confused. Thank you, Lord, that you don't leave. Thank you, Lord, that you provide. just wanted to underscore that part, that God is the right provision for the journey. Father, I just want to thank you for the middle, the places that are uncertain, where you show yourself as the certainty, that you show yourself faithful and kind and consistent and enough. Father, thank you for all that you are and all that you do every day. You are so good, and we love you so deeply, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. for Jesus <clears throat> actually she actually said that Jesus is close to the brokenhearted. I couldn't help but begin to pray in my own spirit 
for Jesus to like make himself known to them. Like there's a, there's a reality that Jesus is near those who are hurting and the brokenhearted. But there's also this, but they have to also know that he's near. And like, I, I can't help but um, bristle at this idea of wanting to kind of like put, like there's this, uh, almost like this war cry of the American evangelical church that cries for Jesus and for Christianity to kind of like be boldly brought and trumpeted and all of that. And I think there are moments and times for that, but man, when it comes to those who are brokenhearted and downtrodden like that, like I still think Jesus comes like the baby. Like I keep thinking of how Jesus showed up. He didn't come on that white horse. He didn't come with an army behind him conquering all the nations of the earth. He came as a newborn babe. And I think it's a picture of humility and it's a picture of servanthood and it's a picture of gentleness. How Jesus incarnates. And so Lord, may there be that anointing of the incarnation among us where we come with such like it's real, it is Jesus, and angels showed up and declared it to shepherds, and there was a star and all of those beautiful things we talk about in six months. But when he came, he came so gently, without the fanfare, without the all the things that so many of them at the contemporaries of that time thought he should come. Jesus, would you show up that way? Where they're literally like, when, when someone presents me with a child and a babe like that, like all my defenses fall. And there's nothing for me to argue with. I, I'm just like, like almost like this renewed sense of awe. May that be the way you make yourself known. of horses and chariots, but with the strength of divine power. Come, heal, deliver, make whole like only you can. So Jesus, we have just scratched the surface of what it means to make entreaties prayers and petitions. We are so thankful for where you are and what you are doing in the lives of so many people personally and in the nations of the earth. We are truly thankful for who you are 
God, we honor you today. May our worship flow out of this thankfulness. May it pour out of these petitions and prayers that we're giving to you. Jesus, we exalt you above all authority because that's who the father that's what the father did he he exalted jesus who god is in jesus is exalted above every rule every authority every problem this god sits above it and he's prince of peace Lord of all. And as we worship, Lord God, may the authority of heaven reign and soak in to every one of the things we've prayed for and those that are still to be prayed for. Have your way in them, God. Would you stand to your feet? Worthy is Jesus. Worthy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Maker of heaven and earth. We turn our hearts and our eyes now up and above and over. This is the King of Kings. This is the Lord of Lords. May we all draw strength and life from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. World Harvest Outreach is located in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania but we have family around the world. To connect with us, visit us at whocenterpa.com.